Good morning. I'm Nikki Pete, your worship associate today. And it's my pleasure to welcome you to the Williamsburg Unitarian Universalist online worship service. Our greeters today are Peter and Carrie Millette. Our other worship leaders today are our minister, Reverend Laura Horton Ludwig, our WUU choir directed by Dr. Jamie Bartlett, and our assistant director of music, Dave Robbins. If you'd like to follow along with the order of service, I invite you to visit wuu.org to download a copy. If you're visiting today, we're glad you're here. We'll have a special breakout group at the end of the service for visitors and newcomers to gather. If you'd like to meet other new folks, as well as some of us who have been around for a while, please let us know by typing a quick note into the chat. And if you'd like to sign up for our email list, please fill out our online visitor form at wuu.org, also posted in the chat. Today, we wish all our Jewish members, friends, and neighbors a very happy Hanukkah. And we hope everyone will come to our family-friendly holiday party this Friday, December 19th, our Snow and Tell party where we'll show and tell about our family holiday traditions. Looking ahead, please mark your calendars for our Christmas Eve worship service, 5 p.m. on December 24th. You can find more details on the WUU calendar on your weekly spiral email, or click on the link we're posting in the Zoom chat. Unfortunately, due to the heightened COVID precautions in Virginia, we've had to cancel the solstice gathering, but we look forward to seeing everyone back next year. And now our prelude music is by the contemporary white French composer, Jan Tiersen, who also wrote the score for the movie, Amelie.
Thanks, Dave, that was beautiful. Again, welcome. We're happy that you've joined us via live stream, audio or video or Zoom. Whether you've come here seeking comfort, encouragement or inspiration, you belong here. You are seen here. Even if you're joining by phone and we cannot see you physically. Now I invite you to join in saying our welcoming words. Please, as you say these words, speak them to each other and know that we are connected across the distance. The words are pasted into the Zoom chat. Let's say them in unison. Folks on Zoom, we will unmute you so that you can hear each other. Whoever you are, whoever you love, welcome indeed, one and all. Now let us center ourselves with these words by the Reverend Gretchen Haley. She's a white minister serving the Foothills Unitarian Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. There is a time to let go of the resistance, the steadfast march to complete the to-do list for parents and activists and for all who love this life, these people, this land, this sky. There is a time to rest and to trust that the world will go on filled with partners at the ready. All of us splitting shifts on this project of building and healing, tending and turning. Breath and being require their own practice, their own attention. And the heart needs time for becoming stronger after the shattering, the opening wider the learning to love more and again. So come into this place, study stillness and joy. Know your belovedness like a memory calling out from the center of your being, connecting every little piece of everything to everyone and all of us. Feel here gratitude rising and praise for this chance to begin again this day with hope. Come, let us worship together. Now please join me in saying the words to light our chalice. If you have a chalice or candle handy nearby, please go ahead and light it now. As we spotlight Hannah Thomas lighting a chalice, again, we'll unmute you and say the words in unison. We like this chalice for the for the energy of action and the harmony of peace in our hearts, in our community, and Some of us are also lighting Hanukkah candles this week. The Reverend Joanna Lubkin, who serves our UU congregation in Braintree, Massachusetts, has created a special candle lighting video for today. Let's watch. 
Good morning. Last night, families around the world lit Hanukkah candles, lighting three candles for the third night of the festival. So I bring this morning the practice of lighting candles to this Unitarian Universalist congregation, where many of us, like myself, have a Jewish background or want to honor the Jewish holidays. The rabbis of the Talmud, well, they argued a lot, and one of the things they argued over was how one should light the Hanukkah lights. One rabbi and his school of thought thought that each night you should add an extra light, that on the first night you light one candle or lamp, and the second night you light two, and so on. Another school of thought said, no, you should start with eight and get fewer and fewer as it goes on. So from eight candles and lamps or lights to seven and six. Well, as you may have guessed, the school of thought about adding light one over time, that that's what we do. And the rationale is that we should be increasing light. We should be increasing joy in the world. We should be bringing more light to darkness. I'm taking that to heart this year, that in a year where things have been hard, let's add light, let's add joy, let's add wonder. So whatever that looks like for you, may this be a season of increasing light and joy, warmth and connection during long nights. I'll sing the Hanukkah blessings in Hebrew, the first two blessings over the candle, and the third for the first time in a year where one does something. And since this is the first Sunday this year where we're lighting Hanukkah to candle, candles together, we'll sing that one as well. And following that, we'll say the English translation. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher kedushanu b'mitzvotav v'tzivanu le'atliknar she'el Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech ha'olam she'asanisim l'avoteinu b'yamim Batman Blessed are you, source of all, who brings moments of holiness to our lives through the ritual of lighting the Hanukkah lights. Blessed are you, source of all, who brings our attention to miracles from ages past to this very moment. Blessed are you, source of all, who has given us life, sustained us, and brought us to this very moment. And let us say, Amen. Happy Hanukkah. And now I invite you to settle in for a story. This month, our theme is stillness. 
it's a good theme for winter and dark and waiting. In the Jewish tradition, there is an amazing story about stillness that I want to share with you today. I'm going to tell it in my words, but you can look it up if you want. It's in the first book of Kings, chapter 19 in the Hebrew scriptures. Once, almost 3,000 years ago, the story tells us that in the kingdom of Israel, there was a man named Elijah. Elijah was a prophet, someone that God chose to talk to directly and to give messages to the rest of the people. Being a prophet was not an easy job since a lot of the time the people didn't really like what God had to say. And in Elisha's case, the person who really didn't like what God had to say was in fact the king. To make a long story short, this story begins with Elijah getting the king and queen of Israel so mad at him that they wanted to kill him. And they would have, only he fled for his life. He went into the desert and walked and walked for 40 days and 40 nights until he got to a mountain, the very same mountain where it's said that Moses himself had met God in person many, many years ago. And the story tells us that on the side of the mountain, there was a cave. Elijah went into the cave and he rested there and slept. And then he heard God talking to him saying, the Lord is about to pass by. Well, this isn't something that happens every day. I wanna to read to you what happens next. And this is quoting right from the text. The story says, a great and strong wind split the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. Well, it turns out the still small voice is the voice of God. This is a strange story, isn't it? I wonder what it would have been like to be Elijah sitting in the cave and witnessing the storm and the earthquake and the fire. And then, only then, hearing that still small voice. For many, many years, people have been wondering, what does this mean? Well, one thing it reminds me of is how it feels sometimes when I get mad, like really, really mad. Maybe sometimes you get mad too. Maybe sometimes you get so mad, you feel like a giant storm is inside you and an earthquake and a fire. And sometimes you just have to express those angry feelings. You have to let them out. Maybe you can do that by yelling or hitting a pillow or drawing really angry scribbles. And then maybe you felt 
the quiet that comes sometimes when you've let all those angry feelings out and your body kind of calms down and your mind can think a new thought, a quiet thought like, oh, that's why I was so mad. Or mm, this is what I need to do now. Those quiet thoughts often have a lot of wisdom for us, just like that still small voice that Elijah heard. I wonder what that still small voice might say to you. Thank you for listening to this story and thinking about it with me. So now we're going to enjoy some music. I'm so excited we get to welcome our WU Virtual Choir back today as they share an old Shaker hymn called More Love. The Shakers were a group of American religious communities in the 18th and 19th centuries that came out of the Quaker tradition. They believed in sharing everything they had and living communally, like all together. They also believed that women were equal to men and should be religious leaders too, which was pretty unusual in those days. Thank you, choir.
Wow. Thank you, choir. It's just wonderful. The angels are calling indeed. I now invite us into a time of meditation, prayer, spoken and silent. A song that we'll hear in a little bit, Light One Candle, was written by Peter Yarrow in 1982 as a pacifist response to the Lebanon war that was happening at that time. And I invite us into the spirit of prayer and reflection in honor of the Jewish holiday of Hanukkah with these pacifist words by Peter Yarrow. I invite you to close your eyes if that's available to you or to soften your gaze, to listen to his words. Light one candle, light one candle for the terrible sacrifice justice and freedom demand. Light one candle for the wisdom to know when the peacemaker's time is at hand. Light one candle for the strength that we need to never become our own foe. Light one candle for those who are suffering pain we learned so long ago. Light one candle for all we believe in let anger not tear us apart. Light one candle to bind us together with peace as the song in our heart. Don't let the light go out. It's lasted for so many years. Don't let the light go out. Let it shine through our love and our tears. What light might you light to never become your own foe? How might we not let anger tear us apart? I'm going to post the lyrics here in the chat. In that spirit of community and togetherness, let us shift our focus to joys and to concerns. Today, we hold Sam Royal in our hearts as he was recently diagnosed with COVID. We hold Ann Stevens in our hearts. Ann writes, my 98-year-old mom, Virginia Stevens, is in the process of ascending here at Windsor Mead. We hold these in our hearts. And now holding all these loved ones, our cares, our joys, I invite you to add your own silent prayers and meditations. Amen and blessed be. Now I invite you to sing along a song by Peter Yarrow of Peter, Paul and Mary fame, inspired by the story of Hanukkah, calling us to keep the flame of freedom alive for all people. Light one candle, 
with thanks to Dave Robbins. One candle for the Maccabee children With thanks that their light didn't die Light one candle for the pain they endured When their right to exist was denied Light one candle for the terrible sacrifice Justice and freedom demand But light one candle for the wisdom to know When the peacemaker's time is at hand Don't let the light go out It's lasted for so many years Don't let the light go out Let it shine through our love and our tears Light one candle for the strength that we need To never become our own foe Light one candle for those who are suffering The pain we learned so long ago Light one candle for all we believe in That anger won't tear us apart And light one candle to bring us together With peace as a song in our heart Don't let the light go out It's lasted for so many years Don't let the light go out let it shine through our love and our tears What is the memory that's valued so highly We keep it alive in that flame What's the commitment to those who have died When we cry out they've not died in vain have we come this far, always believing that justice would somehow prevail? This is the burden, and this is the promise, and this is why we will not fail. Don't let the light go out. Now for a reading. The Bodhisattva Vow by Shanti Deva. Today's reading is one version of this beloved Buddhist text by that 8th century Indian Buddhist monk. May I become at all times, both now and forever, a protector of those without protection, a guide for those who lost their way, a ship for those with oceans to cross, a bridge for those with rivers to cross, a sanctuary for those in danger, a lamp for those who need light, a place of refuge for those who lack shelter, and a servant to all in need for as long as space endures. And for as long as living beings remain, until then, may I too abide to dispel the mysteries, the miseries of this world. Each Sunday we make an offering from the bounty we're blessed to enjoy. We do so in a spirit of generosity, 
and in recognition of the ongoing commitment to serve our world and share our values. If you're joining us for the first time, please feel free to give if you wish, and also know that your presence is gift enough. Today is a Share the Plate Sunday. All of your gifts today will go to Hampton Roads Refugee Relief. Here today to tell us more is our own Kim Bobargi. Good morning, everyone. I'm so grateful to be invited to speak again on behalf of Hampton Roads Refugee Relief, or, or what we call HR3. HR3's mission is to support refugee families who have been granted asylum on their journey to become fully integrated contributing members of our community here in Hampton Roads. We do this through a variety of programs, including English language classes, job placement, health screenings, and assistance with identifying housing, transportation, cultural integration, and educational support opportunities in conjunction with community partners. This helps bridge the gap between the short three-month time period during which refugees receive assistance after earning asylum status and the point at which they will become fully sufficient members of their communities, self-sufficient members of their communities. I, our activities ease the transition to the United States and make sure that they have every opportunity to succeed while growing mm -hmm. self-sufficiency and resilience in our families. Um, we, we serve refugee families and individuals from all origins, faiths, and backgrounds. Um, okay, so that's the technical information about HR3, all the things you need to know about what we do and who we are. Now I want to appeal to you on an emotional level. I want you to just take a moment to consider the truly horrific conditions that drive a family or individual to, cons to leave the people, the culture, the language, the food, literally all that they know and love in pursuit of safety and freedom. And as if the trauma they've experienced in their home countries were not enough, they often experience as much, if not greater trauma along their journey to that safety. For the lucky ones, uh, that are granted asylum and are resettled in another country, the challenges continue. It's a new language, often substandard housing, job searches, and the general stress of having to adapt to all of that. That this, you know, and now, now, now we need to add COVID to the mix, right? Add COVID and all the anxiety and fear um, that comes with it. And we're all feeling that. Imagine that times 10. Um, this is why we do what we do at HR3. This is why we humbly ask you to give generously today. Um, really excited to share with you that one of our board members is matching all donations during the holidays. So I hope you'll take advantage of that and, and help stretch your donation even further with this beautiful and generous offer on his part. Today, I wanna to leave you with a success story of one of our families. Um, Ada and his wife, three sons and two daughters, uh, came to the United States because they feared for their lives back in Afghanistan. Thanks to a special refugee visa, Ada and his family were able to resettle in Newport News. However, that alone did not solve their problems. Ada was acutely aware of, that the three months of financial assistance would not last long. He was determined to find a job and was carpooling with a coworker to one that he had found here, um, here a job that he had found here in Williamsburg. Um, he quickly realized that his lack of English skills and ability to drive were keeping him from his full potential. When he learned about HR3's English outreach program, he was eager to begin with it. And within months, Ada's English had improved, 
he was able to get his driver's license and purchase a car. Um, this encouraged him to give back to the organization uh, by taking a second job as a van driver for HR3 Sunday outreach program, which, which used to happen before COVID um, and will happen again, we feel certain, um, and providing general program support when needed. So it's a beautiful cycle of him having found assistance with our organization and then deciding to give back. And it continues because now we're able to, um, where we can provide additional supplemental income to him. We have a fantastic coordinator as well who works, um, who, is, who is part of the refugee community um, and who works daily to help families um, for, you know, fill out forms and, and get assistance and works with our community partners. He's amazing and he is also part of why we're raising funds because we want to be able to continue to support him in that. Um, so let me just finish with saying, um, giving you a quote from Ada himself. He said, I know things are hard for me, but I do it for my children so that they are safe and continue their educations. HR3 services helped me and my family to be successful members of the community. Now I'm working in my own profession. One of my sons works as a cell phone technician and my wife got her driving permit. My children are successful in school as well. That, my friends, is the power of neighbor helping neighbor. I hope you'll choose to extend a hand, a hand of help and welcome this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Kim, for that inspiring message. And if you'd like to give through our website, please visit wuu.org and click on Give Online to WUU. If you'd like to give by text, Please text the dollar amount of your gift to 757-500-0688. And again, that's 757-500-0688. And follow the prompts from there. Or if you prefer to give by check, please mail your check to WUU. 3051 Ironbound Road, Williamsburg, Virginia, 23185. Thank you so much. And our offertory music is by Nainita Desai. She's from London and her parents are from India. This piece, Remains Strong, comes from her score from the documentary Horsama, an autobiographical film by a Syrian woman about her family and her family's experiences during the war in Syria.
Thank you, Dave, so much. So in this month of stillness, on this day when we are celebrating the Hanukkah lights and challenging ourselves to serve more fully our neighbors who are refugees, I want to come back to the story of Elijah that we heard earlier. Elijah, a refugee himself, fleeing from the threat of violence. Elijah, the prophet, and Elijah, the flawed human being who tries to listen to the still small voice of wisdom whenever it arises. So who is this Elijah? I want to take you back to the text for a bit. And again, we're in the first book of Kings in the Hebrew scriptures. Elijah is a deeply religious person who worships the God of Israel. That is his primary life commitment. But in his moment, there are a lot of other religions in the area. There are a lot of people who worship other gods. Now, the king of Israel is named Ahab. And Ahab has married a princess from another kingdom who practices a different religion. Her name is Jezebel. You might have heard her name before. And anyway, King Ahab, who was raised to worship the God of Israel, begins to worship Jezebel's God, Baal. Now, in the stories, this makes God really angry. We are at a point in the Jewish scriptures where God spends a lot of time being angry at the Israelites, and God is especially mad at King Ahab. So God taps Elijah to convince Ahab to stop worshiping the god Baal. So here's what Elijah does. Elijah calls out the priests of Baal, and he challenges them to this contest to see whose god is the most powerful. And they all build these bonfires, huge stacks of wood, but they don't light them. The big contest is to see whose God can magically light the fires. So the priests of Baal go first and they beg Baal to light their fires, but nothing happens for literally hours and hours. And then when Elijah calls on the God of Israel to light his fire, the flames suddenly spring up and it's a miracle. So the God of Israel wins the contest. But this God is not a very gracious winner. God has told the Israelites a few books back in Deuteronomy, God has told the Israelites to kill any priests who try to get them to worship a different God. So Elijah and the people round up all the priests of Baal and kill them as God has told them to do. Well, understandably, Queen Jezebel is really angry that Elijah has killed all the priests of her religion. And she tells him, I'm going to kill you in revenge. So that's when Elijah runs into the wilderness and ultimately into that cave where he encounters a storm and an earthquake and a fire and then a voice out of the silence. Who is this Elijah? And what are we to make of his story? What on earth could it mean for us today in such a different world? Reading it today, 
I'm angry at Elijah. What was he doing killing all those priests just because they practiced a different religion? Frankly, I'm mad at God in the story too for having made the law that said killing the priests was a good thing. Like, what is that? But I am also mad at Elijah for doing it. You know, he could have chosen not to. And I'm also kind of annoyed with Elijah for not having thought this whole thing through very well. Was he really so surprised when Queen Jezebel got so angry at him for killing all her priests? Like, what did he think was going to happen here? And now he just goes running off, fleeing from the natural consequences of his actions without any plan in mind for what comes next. But then I think of us who are living now. And I have to admit that almost 3,000 years after the story of Elijah, we too have acted in ways that are both self-destructive and harmful to other beings. Remember how Elijah gets God to light his bonfire and believes that it's proof that his God is the best. He thinks that entitles him to kill off anyone who disagrees. And boy, it is easy to be outraged at him. But haven't we too, as a society, haven't we too believed in the superiority of our ways of doing things? I think of Elijah's bonfire. And I remember how we in this culture have reveled in our ability to make fossil fuels burn like giant bonfires of our own, lighting our cities, powering our cars and planes. It's impressive, but it has come at a cost. Like Elijah, we too have been trying to outrun the consequences of our actions, but they keep catching up with us. To Elijah, God sent a, wisdom, a windstorm and an earthquake and a fire. Well, we know all about windstorms, don't we? Only for us, they manifest as hurricanes. We know they are on the rise because of the climate change that our actions have wrought. And earthquakes. We know that our fracking industry is causing earthquakes in places that almost never had them before. And the fires, the fires that raged this fall all up and down the West Coast worse than ever. Elijah is not the only one facing the unintended consequences of his actions and finding them pretty scary. So it's time, isn't it, for our society to listen to that still small voice calling us to a different way a more sustainable way of living. It is past time. And here at WUU, you know this. You are part of a chorus of voices growing ever louder, saying we have to change now. You are trying to live wisely and protect our world. You are trying to be, in the beautiful words of Shanti Deva's vow, a protector of those without protection and a guide for those who have lost their way. And you know, as I hear Shanti Deva's words so full of compassion, they help me soften toward Elijah himself, 
who after all in his own very imperfect way was also trying to be a guide for those who had lost their way. He's tried to live with integrity according to the values he's been taught. He's tried to follow the God of his understanding and he's tried to be a protector of his people even though today his actions seem misguided to us. And so I wonder, what would it be like to have compassion for Elijah? Whatever he's done up to this point, right now he is afraid of being hurt, afraid of being killed, and who would not be in his shoes? So what if we tell Elijah's story like this? Elijah has tried to be a good person in his world. He's been brave enough to stand up to the leaders of his government and say, what you're doing is wrong. But the government doesn't want to change. They want him to stop. And now if he doesn't run, they're going to kill him. And he's afraid. He is a vulnerable human being caught up in a political storm that threatens his life. And he doesn't want to die. He needs a refuge. And I know that we can feel compassion for that because we too want to be safe and protected. Can we allow the places in us that are vulnerable and scared to lead us toward more compassion for Elijah and for everyone in need of refuge? Elijah found shelter in a cave, a place of welcome, safety, and refuge. Here in our own community, you are reaching out with great compassion to offer a refuge for others through our journey to asylum program, through your support of the winter shelter again this year, and today through your gifts to Hampton Roads Refugee Relief. There will always be more to do and none of us are perfect. Too often we are caught up in systems that lead us to do harm when we only want to do good. But still, may we do what good we can with love and humility. So may we be a sanctuary for those in danger, a lamp for those without light, a place of refuge for those who lacked shelter, and a servant to all in need. May this be so. Amen. And now I invite you to sing along with our closing hymn wherever you are. I hope you will be able to hear it. The text of We'll Build a Land paraphrases the great Jewish prophets, Isaiah and Amos. The tune is by the white activist, Carolyn McDade. These days, many have called for us to sing this hymn with care, remembering that we are not the original inhabitants of the land that we seek to build here. So let us sing with love and humility and invite justice to roll down like waters and peace like an ever-flowing stream.
say the words to extinguish the chalice, and we invite you to blow out your candle at the same time. We will paste the words in the Zoom chat. Again, we'll say them in your Featuring online concerts, along with safe indoor and outdoor. <laughs> we extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, warmth of community, with a and now I invite you to lift up your hands, stretch them out as a reminder that we are in community wherever we are. Friends, go in love and go in peace. May the spirit of wisdom guide you as you go forth to serve once more. Blessed be and amen. <laughs>